Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ready or not, I'm ready. I'm ready. Weekly appearance by Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, joining us here, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline. Good evening, Matthew. How you doing? I am good. I'm good. I just watched uh, Minnesota's own Paige Beckers drop 24 points on Maryland. Now it's some football. So, you know, it's a good time. Yeah. I love it, man. Are you a big Paige fan? I am. I still think that she should be the number one pick in the draft next year if she comes out, even over Caitlin Clark. So maybe that's a hot take. But uh, she's playing here in Minnesota on Sunday, and uh, my wife Sloan is calling the game. Oh, that's awesome. I just I was so happy to see her play in a Final Four. Um, you know when she would not not last year because clearly because she was out with the uh, the torn ACL, but the year before that was just a lot of fun. I, me and you are both alike in that we love women's uh, uh, you know sports and we love basketball. That was I'm not sure I don't know if you attended or, or went, but that was that was definitely one of the highlights for me to be there. Oh yeah, yeah, I was there. Yep, I went to the game, and uh, that was crazy too because they didn't have that great of a team, and she was coming off an injury and sort of dragged them uh, after this crazy game against Baylor that she went off and dragged them to the championship. And I think when she was out last year with the ACL that maybe people watched a lot of Caitlin Clark, who's amazing and very exciting, uh, but forgot how great Paige Beckers is. And they just beat a top 20 team in Maryland by 32 points because Paige stole their souls. So I'm very interested to see. I mean, if she stays healthy, yeah. um, she's she has a chance to be one of the great players. At, no, there's no question about it. I I think it just comes down to what do you need because they're two totally different uh, type of of players. Paige is somebody that is going to impact your team even without scoring a ton of points. She is a distributor. She can do a lot of different. She can do everything on the court. Uh, Caitlin Clark is a gunner. Like like she's a sharpshooter. So I I think it all depends on what the team that is in that position, what they actually need. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I like also, you know, the Paige's ability in the half court a little bit more. I mean, yeah. I, look, we're talking about two great, great players. Uh, but Paige is just so efficient, man. It's wild. She was 10 for 15 today. And, like, that's what she does all the time. And then it's six assists, five rebounds. I mean, she just operates their offense. So brilliantly. I mean, Kaylin is just like, I mean, shot out of a cannon. Her speed is incredible. Paige is bigger. I mean, it's going to be fun to compare those two. And at some point, I'm hoping the NCAA rigs it up in their bracket so we end up seeing those two in a big game. Yeah. 
That, that, that'll be interesting. All right, let's get to talking about the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the red-hot Vikings who just, all they do is win. All they do is win. What was your uh, reaction or just kind of overall assessment of their victory over New Orleans last weekend? Uh, I thought it was incredibly impressive because, you know, New Orleans is not a great team, but they're a good team. I mean, you know, on both sides of the ball, like they were, uh, I think, 15th in offense and 7th in defense, and the Vikings made them look like they were a terrible football team. Uh, You know, on the offensive side, what we're seeing with Josh Dobbs is, number one, uh, when there are open receivers, he can deliver the ball. Um, So if Kevin O'Connell is able to scheme it up, if D.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison win their battles, uh, Dobbs has enough pocket presence, has enough accuracy, has enough arm strength to make those plays. But then there's just this new element, man. I mean, like, I don't remember the last time that I saw, you know, 24 points in the first half like that. Four out of five drives, uh, scoring drives just flying up and down the field. And, you know, you go back to Atlanta where even with the turnovers, they score 31. And we're, we're seeing an offense that has looked very explosive and very dangerous with Josh Dobbs running it. And then on the defensive side, I mean, you know, Derek Carr, again, is not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. And Brian Flores' group just continues, it seems, to get better and better each week. And where I was really impressed is how the cornerbacks played. That, you know, they have this young cornerback group, and they seem to be getting better each week. And, and the, you know, the team continues to galvanize here. So, you know, I thought that was kind of a prove-it win. Like, you know, maybe Atlanta was just kind of this crazy random, you know, game that happened. And then to come off of that and not have the letdown game, uh, I think it told us who this team is, that, that our standard now should be this team looks like they should be in the playoffs. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply hey everyone boomer esiason here the nfl draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one the free odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Talking to Matthew Collar, Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Um, there's um, a thought that I have about Joshua Dobbs and the situation with the Minnesota Vikings, and I want to get your opinion on it. When I look at Joshua Dobbs, I just think that Joshua Dobbs isn't just playing for the present. I think that Joshua Dobbs is actually auditioning to be the starting quarterback of this team next year. Yeah, I think that that is true um, because, you know, when you look at their quarterback situation with Kirk Cousins, he's going to be 36 coming off an Achilles injury. And, you know, I've heard you know, this idea that you know, he would take a discount or something, and I'd like people to list me the other times in his career where he's taken discounts because I can't find any of them. <laughs> and when you look around the league, there's lots of teams that might be interested in a quarterback. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are not going to roll with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke into the future, and they have lots of weapons. 
Um, you know, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are winning a bunch of games with a very mediocre quarterback in Kenny Pickett? They might be interested in, in Cousins. There's probably five more teams that would look into you know, a veteran free agent quarterback. And if you're the Vikings and you have to sign Jefferson, you have to sign Derisaw, I mean, how much money can you really spend on Kirk Cousins? And do you want to do it when he's coming off of an injury like that? Because there's I mean, this is a guy who had no mobility to start with, but then, you know, you're talking about an injury that might even impact, you know, how he throws the football as well. And, and that's your plant foot that you're talking about tearing that Achilles. So, you know, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks that go into their mid thirties and have injuries and are never really the same. That's a big risk when it comes to that. And with Josh Dobbs, I mean, the, the thing that stands out to me is that, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are backups that have a little bit of a run here or there. And a lot of times they're not the greatest athletically or in terms of arm strength. And they just kind of find a way, right? But Dobbs has legit skill in both of those areas. I mean, he throws a good football and his running ability is, you know, by the numbers, he's been the most valuable running quarterback in the league this year. I mean, that, that matters, right? When the play breaks down and he rolls out and he gets it to TJ Hawkinson to convert a first down, I mean, that matters in comparison, you know, to Cousins, who I think sort of had to live or die in the pocket, live or die with his pass protection, live or die with the scheme uh, where Dobbs can make you right when you're wrong. So I think there is an, an opportunity there for him uh, that they, as of now, are not viewing it just as, hey, this is a nice little run that might be able to grind out a few wins, but intriguing for the future. I think that shouldn't keep them away from considering a quarterback in the draft, depending how things play out. Um, but could they franchise tag him and and see what happens? I, I think they could. We have um, uh, running back Alexander Madison. He had the concussion, left the game last week. Uh, it's been very, very inconsistent in terms of his production this year. I don't think it's all just based on just him not being able to see the hole all the time or making bad decisions. I think some of it has to do with the offensive line play as well. But but you know he he's not been as productive. We we get that. Ty uh, Ty Chandler has actually shown us a little something here in the spotty time that he's been available and, and getting in there and getting opportunities. Do you think that there's a chance that Chandler could usurp Alexander Madison as the starting running back for this team? Yeah, I think you're being Minnesota nice by calling him inconsistent. I think it's been terrible. I think they've had one of the worst running games in the entire NFL this year with Alexander Madison, and it's been very clear to me that this is not an RB1 type of player. It doesn't mean he shouldn't be in the league doesn't mean that he shouldn't be on a team or be a contributor because I, th- I think he can play. But when we look at Ty Chandler, as soon as he gets the ball, it's like lightning. I, you know, I mean, he's so fast, so quick, and, that, and that's what you need. I mean, all of a sudden, and I know that his yards per carry wasn't that great, but you saw so many times where there wasn't a huge hole, and yet he hit it and got a big gain, you know, right? And mm-hmm. we just haven't seen that from Madison that even when there has been opportunities to, to break off big gains, it's been pretty rare that he's able to actually pull it off. But the problem with Ty Chandler has just been a trust issue. And when you go back and watch the tape from last week, there's a couple of plays where, and, and look, I, you know, Kevin O'Connell didn't give me the play calls and tell me how what was supposed to happen. But to my eye, it looked like Ty Chandler was going the wrong way or was not you know, picking up the protection in the right way and things like that. That's what they're concerned about. But from a physical skill perspective, Chandler, it's not even close. 
Like Chandler is a much more natural runner. I think he's a better fit for the scheme, mm-hmm. and he's way faster, way faster. And he's way you know, that's faster. the one issue. Yeah, it's not even close. And the, the one issue that the Denver Broncos have is you saw them against James Cook, right? Like they're not a good run defense. This could be a game where Ty Chandler has a big game, and they just don't go back. And that Madison ends up being, you know, kind of like a you know mix and match type of guy. But I think yep. this is a huge opportunity for Chandler. And if they're going to improve, like this is when it's going to happen. To, to be clear, I don't think that this team necessarily has an RB one. I, I I don't like I don't know that Ty Chandler is an RB one. Alexander Madison, I agree with you. I don't think that he's an RB one. But there's been a lot of times this season, and I, I'm I'm not trying to be like super defensive of Alexander Madison because I'm not. But like they hand him the ball, and there's people at his feet. Like the he, and and I'm not saying that he's. Because he's never going to be compared to Barry Sanders or Dalvin Cook or whoever, the elusive back. So he's not elusive back at all. But, like, he's a guy that they know once he gets the ball, if there's a guy right in front of him, he's not going to make that person miss. And I don't really fault right, him but, for that. Yeah, but that's, like, what makes you a good running back, right? I mean, like, how many times in Dalvin Cook's, uh, you know, time were they running out Dakota Dozier or Tom Compton or something. Yeah. And, you know, and look, I know he was a top three running back at his peak, but yeah. that's why he was a great running back is no, that he would make agree you right you. When, when you were wrong. And that's Madison has no capability of doing that whatsoever. But even but like, that's on the Vikings, the is, but that's on the front office. That's not on Alexander Madison. That's misevaluating what you had. Well, okay. Oh, I thought you meant from an offensive line perspective. No, it's, no, it's, no. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, this is their best offensive line that they've had in many years. So no, no, I'm talking I'm about not, evaluation in yeah. the front office. You've got to be able to know what you have going into it. Well, that no, that's right, with, with Madison. I mean, yeah. for sure. It's, to me, it wasn't even Madison that was the miscalculation. It's fine to have him back. Yep. It was not having anyone else. And then hoping Cam Akers could be the difference maker. I thought he was better than Madison, uh, but he was kind of playing catch-up the entire time. And, you know, I, I understand why they did it. I just thought that there should have been someone else. Agreed. They brought in running backs in the summertime, and they tried them out, and then they decided, no, we're going to kind of stick with what we have. And then, you know, I think from the front office's perspective, though, to give them credit on this, I think they thought Ty Chandler was going to be the guy, that throughout training camp and so forth that he was going to emerge. But the coaching staff just didn't feel like he was grasping the offense as well as he should have and, and I think especially in the pass protection, and this is still going to be a pass-first offense, but now it's kind of trial by fire, right? It's like, well, you're going to have to sink or swim here uh, with Ty Chandler. But I, I think it's a pretty rare situation that RB3 you think is actually going to be the best one, but yeah. that's what I think. I, I actually yeah. think that Ty Chandler is going to be the best version of their run game. All right, final uh, question for Matthew Kyle, Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on The Good Neighbor. And it's a two-part question. First off, uh, the Denver Broncos, in my estimation, they're playing some of their better football right now. At the beginning of the season, their defense was horrible. Defense has stepped up here as of late. And you can just tell that Russell Wilson and the offense is a little bit more confident, even though the production is still um, somewhat shaky. But what do you think of the Broncos right now in this matchup against the Vikings on Sunday night, and they're the home team? Uh, who do you like in this game? Yeah, uh, this is a, a kind of a great example of, um, like, how a team has been playing lately is not what they have been for the whole year, right? They are, I think, a much more dangerous team right now than they would have been five weeks ago. And when we were calculating the schedule and saying, well, you know, this is an easy win, that's an easy win, 
I think we were all saying, oh, wow, the Broncos, that's one you'll just go and cruise over. Uh, and it turns out, you know, that's not the case, um, especially to me. Yeah, their, their offense looks more competent for sure. Uh, I think not trading the wide receivers was maybe inspiring to those receivers. Like, you're not going anywhere. So, like, you're going to have to play this out. Um, but, you know, it, to me, it's their defense, though, that has really, really changed. And I don't know exactly what they've done schematically, but it is a completely different universe of how they're playing. Uh, I thought at times, you know, Buffalo was very frustrated against them. And, you know, Buffalo fires their offensive coordinator after the game, which, you know, if you're the other team, you're pretty proud of, I guess, right? Uh, but it, they're just they're just playing such better football than they were earlier this season, which I think, you know, we can look at this and say it could potentially be a challenge for Josh Dobbs and the offense. And that's where I do think it starts with Ty Chandler, starts with the running game, because that's still a weakness. But they've gotten much better at getting after the passer. Their coverage unit's pretty good. They do have, you know, players like Patrick Sertan in the secondary who are excellent. So, you know, this this to me, I, I got questions today about, you know, why Vegas is giving the edge to the Broncos. I think a major part of it is just how much better they have been playing lately. You are not facing the same team that was there in week two. Yeah. As always, great stuff from Matthew Collar. Hey, we'll talk to you uh, next week, uh, probably a day early because of uh, the turkey on Thursday. Okay. Sounds good, Henry. All right. Take care. That's Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, joining us here on The Lake Show. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.